Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans, they've supported DNVR for a long time, and they're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com or call them at 303-257-6578 and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you get set up for a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it's vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to set up the best loan for your situation. Again, visit them at dnvrmortgage.com or call them at 303-257-6578. That's Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006, and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Number one for the one and only DNVR. DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. They'll put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between getting that degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. Check out msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer. We're talking 40 plus online and hybrid programs and 750 classes. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online today. My boys, what's up? How's it going, guys? I got to ask you, how was... Yeah, well, now how was your bye week? <laughs> oh, wait, what? I thought today was game day. I thought, it was, I thought it was a bye week. We had this whole last week off. I'm, I'm supposed to be right now having a little lunch, preparing to drive to Foxborough. I mean, what's going on here? Why am I in my office right now? This doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Well, it's not a game day podcast. It's actually the schedule release podcast. (laughs) Schedule. Let's go through the whole thing. Hey, the Chargers actually should do a schedule release podcast because they had four games get altered over the next several weeks because of nothing that they did or nothing they were involved with. I mean, if you're the Chargers, you're getting that release yesterday and you're thinking, what the bleep? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, and we could do a schedule release podcast today. And, fellas, I hate to say it, but we'd probably be doing another one next week because this is just the beginning. I, the NFL, man, I've never seen such a big – well, I probably can't say that definitively. But I can't remember seeing such a big organization be so reactive rather than being proactive. They, it just seems like every time something happens, that's what they start figuring out their plan to fix what's going on. Um, 
Michael Silver had a lot of reporting on this last night. And basically what he said is that the NFL is trying to avoid the week 18, week 19 thing at all costs. So they had this plan that was, you know, moving around eight different teams, games and bye weeks and all this stuff. Uh, And that's fine. But now you have – Mace, maybe you know the number. How many teams have now uh, had their bye week moved to a week that's already happened? Four? I believe so, yeah, off the top of my head. So we're at four now. Mm -hmm. You kind of feel like that number is only going up. And the second that, let's say the Broncos, I'll touch wood on this, but it could be anyone, the second that one of these teams has another game impacted, Mm -hmm. now you have to add week 18. What if they have another one? impacted now you have to add week 19 and this could go on for god knows how long uh there's no you know again the virus doesn't discriminate it's not like they're gonna say oh the broncos already have their bye week we can't impact any more of their games so every time now that one of these i believe it's four it could be more four teams has what has their bye week that that's already had their bye week has another game impacted you have to add a week on the end of the season yeah, it's incredibly short-sighted. I mean, the NFL is doing this 24 hours in advance, uh, a week in advance. That's as far as they're looking right now because they don't want to add that. And to me, it's so unbelievably silly to do that. You know, it, 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 at this point, it seems like they're just going to start canceling games instead of adding that week 18 and week 19, which obviously it just doesn't make any sense. The, the Week 18 and week 19, are the smallest things that the NFL is going to have to do with the way this virus looks. We're not even a third of the way through the season right now, guys. And now the Broncos, there's no wiggle room. Like you were saying, Ryan, for, for so many teams, it's only going to continue to grow. I don't understand why they're doing this, but when it comes down to it, a week 18, week 19 is just going to be the smallest little thing when we look back at this. I think there's going to have to be way more drastic things and the nfl is you know maybe they they have to wait till week seven to do something big but what's the difference between doing it now and, and being proactive instead of reactive it feels like right now what the nfl is doing is they've got a car that is struggling it needs to go in the shop and it needs some repairs that would likely take it off the road for a week or two at least but they're like, oh, you know what, we can just, uh, you know, if we just kind of baby this thing uh, around, baby, all, all we have to do, uh, you know, we've got tires that are, you know, we can just put a little more air in the tires. We can just do all these little things that uh, we can just take care of in a few minutes at a time, rather than actually putting the damn thing back in the shop where it needs to go. That's yeah. what this seems like right now. I know from experience, um, I, my car, may it rest in peace, uh, and it's, Late in its latter days, the only way it would start is if I, like, had one foot on the brake, turning the ignition, and also, like, punching the gas all at once. Um, and uh, it, it worked. So I was like, ah, yeah, I'll just keep doing this instead of, instead of taking it into the shop. Uh, and that worked for about two weeks. And then one day it just didn't start anymore, and that's when I knew she was gone. So, uh, yeah, you, you, you know, not to go too dark here, uh, the NFL season is going to be gone. But, man, the way they're managing things, I mean, I don't know how much flexibility they have. Can they go week 20, week 21, week 22? Like, 
at what point does it at what point do they do they have to start saying like okay we can't keep adding weeks on to the end of the season i don't know what the answer is to that but this was basically one of the last weeks where they can get away with this schedule shuffling thing eventually they're going to hit a road bump where they just are going to have to say there's no schedule shuffle that can fix this right now Exactly. And, and when is that? Because I think it's certainly coming. We're only in week five and people may say, well, look, the, the NFL made it pretty clean the first couple of weeks of the season. Why can't they just do that again? Well, we kind of knew that, that the NFL was going to have a few weeks at the beginning of the season because players were just ending training camp. In training camp, they were in a really pretty much a bubble themselves. Uh, and, and so we knew it was going to take a little bit. So this is no surprise that it's happening now. And man, what do we want? We want football this season. We, we want as much of a, of a normal season as possible, but in 2020, nothing's normal. So we want a season, uh, and it just, it just seems like the NFL is, is flying by the seat of their pants right now. All right, let's take a more Broncos-centric approach to this. Uh, Zach, hit me with the news uh, of all the schedule changes. Oh boy. So of course the Broncos just had their bye week and actually they're kind of using this week as their mini bye week. They have today and tomorrow off. And then of course the Broncos Patriots game was moved to next week uh, at 11 a.m. in Foxborough. But the Broncos were supposed to play the Dolphins next week. So they kicked that game to week 11. And you're saying, well, that wasn't the Broncos bye week. Well, yeah, the Broncos were supposed to play the Chargers in week 11. And they moved that game to the Broncos bye week and week eight. So now you have the Broncos have a bye week. Then they play the Patriots next week in Foxborough. Then they play the Chiefs uh, the following week. Then the Chargers. Then it's supposed to be their that was supposed to be their bye week. But then Falcons, Raiders, and then the rest of the schedule continues. Huh. So the question is. How badly did the Broncos get screwed over by this? And, Zach, I'm most curious to hear from you because I, based on your opinions of this earlier in the week, I'm curious to see where you uh, align with the players. Very upset. Uh, really categorically, uh, aside from, like, Brandon McManus, who I think is the most aware of everything that's going on and, like, knew all of this was going to happen already, um, you're seeing – top like maybe not top to bottom but guys all over the roster Jerry Judy Justin Simmons Kareem Jackson uh Melvin Gordon Shelby Harris all these guys really upset on social media yesterday morning uh and really feel like they got screwed so Zach did they yeah and it 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 sucks for everyone guys it sucks for us we don't have a bye week anymore we are impacted by this our week off in the season is now gone but when push comes to shove i'm with vic fangio this is the smallest thing that that the nfl or that 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 people can adjust to you know with everything going on with covid to to have your week off turn into you know three unexpected days off it does stink I'm bummed about it. I think you guys are bummed about it too. But in the end, you know, it's the smallest thing. So what Vic said, and kind of what I, what I read between the lines from what Vic said, is initially you can be upset. You can take to Twitter right away and be upset. But then just be done with it. 
and accept that this is the smallest thing. We knew that if we wanted a football season, there were going to be adjustments. It stinks that they practice during their bye week, but you know what? In the end, it's the smallest thing. So I think you can see both sides here, but after the initial uh, frustration on Twitter, kind of move on. Yeah, the thing is with the, with the buy, I mean, you lose the mental rest, and hey, that's true for reporters as well. But uh, I actually think the Broncos came out ahead on the schedule change here, even though yeah, you're gonna probably see Cam Newton next week. There's a better chance that you see Drew Locke in that yep. game, and I think functionally for the chances of winning next Sunday, if you've got Drew Locke, and I and I would say he's going to be questionable when the injury report comes out on Friday, but I think it's questionable more toward him playing than not playing. And so you turned a game that, that was going to be ugly. Maybe, maybe you eke out a win, but if, if Cam Newton is cleared, probably not in the one where at least you can say with Drew Locke, you've got a fighting chance. And yes, the Patriots are going to have Cam Newton out there in all likelihood. It would seem uh, once he has those two negative tests, but, I think that part favors the Broncos. After that, it's kind it's kind of a wash. I mean, maybe the uh, the relief is that uh, you you when you come out of the bye, of course, you play the Falcons in Atlanta, but then it was going to be Raiders, Chargers, Saints, Chiefs. You take the Chargers who are interesting and feisty and you take that division game out and you put Miami in there. Now, Miami played well yesterday, but I think, I think that gives you a little bit of a, more of a chance of a, if not a breather, a game that you can ha- – you feel like you have a better chance of, of winning. So, all things considered, guys, I think even though it sucks losing the bye, it's not like the Broncos players were going to go anywhere anyway during the bye. I mean, with, the, with COVID, they weren't gonna, no one was going to go to Vegas this year. But they were going to rest their they were going to rest their bodies. Yeah, they were going to rest their rest their bodies, and that's it. But you can build. You know what you can do. I mean, you can build some extra rest in. Maybe what you do if you're Vic Fangio is you give the guys maybe maybe you give them some Tuesdays off. I mean, they're all they're already off on Monday. Maybe you give them a couple weeks coming up here where they don't come back to the facility until Wednesday. They're not around on Tuesday. Maybe that. Maybe you do something like that to make sure that they or only have to come to the facility for testing. That maybe that's the kind of thing you build in to try to make up for this. One thing that I really think that we need to stop doing is this thing where people who have money are not capable of being shown empathy. Uh, the whole idea of like, I do their job for five million dollars and I wouldn't complain about it is such garbage to me. Like. Just because you have a high-paying salary doesn't mean you aren't capable of receiving empathy, in my opinion. In a lot of opinion, people's opinions, it appears to be the case, where if you make money, you're not allowed to be upset about anything. And I just think that's ridiculous. Now, I do think Vic Fangio is right in that be upset about it, now toughen up and move on. That's fine. But I hate this idea that you know just because they have a really great job they aren't allowed to be upset about anything. They, they got a really rough deal here. And they go out there, their, their money-making entity is their body. It's not an invention. It's not their business. It's, it's nothing that, you know, that can be controlled. It's their body. And this is putting their bodies in danger. They are used to having a full week to recover in the middle of the season so that they can get ready for the stretch run. 
and they're not going to get that. And because of that, in a season where injuries are already spiking, that is really upsetting to them, and I totally understand that. And I think they are absolutely within their rights to be upset about that. Um, but the other side of this is just that we knew that the season was going to be wonky. We knew that there were going to be issues. And so be upset about it and move on. Really um, quick. Oh, sorry. Go Ryan. I, I was go just going to say to take uh, another look at the resting the bodies part. Typically on your bye week, you would have 14 days from one game to the next game with that bye week in between. Now the Broncos are actually going to have 17 days in between those games. And of course, where you're doing the most harm uh, or, or taking the most beating to your body is during those games. Now, I understand that the Broncos practiced, what, three times more than they would have uh, if that was a true bye week last week. Maybe two because Vic's giving them these two days off. Uh, but so the, the real harm to injuries you could potentially have avoided that because it, you do have those 17 days. Do you take that into account at all or do those practices that, that they had uh, kind, kind of wear that off? That is definitely taken into account. But now you think about the fact that you didn't get that true rest. Um, even mental rest is important. You know, preparing for a game is mentally strenuous. It's something that, you know, you know these guys are up late at night watching film. Uh, trying to do everything, getting into the facility at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., trying to get prepared for this game, doing treatment, all those things. It's a men it's mentally strenuous. You do you you know you grind really hard up to the bye week, knowing that okay, I'm going to get a let go at the bye week. And then the other side of this is now what the Broncos are going to play 12 straight games uh, from here on out to finish the season. Uh, so that is going to be difficult. And I do think there are ways to get around it. I just think the players are right and uh, and should be allowed to be upset regardless of any other things. They do have to move on. They do have to get over it. Um, you know, someone like Drew Locke should be the one to say, all right, guys, uh, this is a, this is a shitty hand, but all we can do is play our hand. Uh, we can't complain about it. The NFL is not going to change their minds. They're not going to give us a free bye week in the middle of the season. Uh, so now they have to move on. Um, but I do think they were they were completely allowed to be upset. Like I tweeted, like I tweeted out, and Kareem Jackson quote tweeted me and said I hit the nail on the head. It's like you went to school all week, and then the teachers told you, hey, you also have to come to school on Saturday. And you're like, uh, okay, whatever. And then on Sunday they said, congratulations, that was spring break. And you're just like, what do you mean? We just went to school six days in a row. How could that possibly be spring break? On the surface, that's just a shocking thing to learn. And it's extremely upsetting, and I understand why. And that's yeah. why you throw in some extra off days for these guys down the line. Mm -hmm. they, you know, you basically – you owe them a little bit. You, you, you say, yeah, no one likes this scenario we're in, and uh, we're sorry that it worked out this way. But uh, let's – you know, if it'll help you be more mentally uh, fresh as the season goes on to give you a Tuesday here, an extra Tuesday here and there off, go ahead and do it. There's nothing wrong with that. So, Mace, you said something very interesting. Looking past the initial shock and upset and emotions that come with, uh, you know, your buy being spent working, which just stinks, of course. You said that the Broncos benefit in terms of the way the schedule unfolds. And, Ryan, I, I, do you agree with that? And one of the things that you said, Mace, is the Broncos have a better chance uh, with Drew Locke out there, even if Cam Newton's out there. And that – that surprises me. Do, do you agree with that? 
Well, so, uh, I, you know, my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory is that the Patriots were not going to get Cam Newton back for Monday's game. And, you know, someone um, just popped up positive. You know, the Patriots called the league office and said, hey, sorry, we got a positive. Got to move the game back. Uh, and they're like, do you want to check if it's a false positive? They're like, nope, nope, definitely positive. Uh, sorry about it. Got We're going to have to move this one back. That's my tinfoil hat theory. Um, I don't know if Cam Newton was going to play. Now, if it was going to be Cam Newton versus Brett Rippon or Cam Newton versus a 75% Drew Locke, then the Broncos definitely have a better chance moving this game back to next week. Um, but I'll, t- I'll flip the question around again and ask you guys this, and I think this is a tougher question. Would you rather have Brett Rippon beat Jarrett Stidham, the Broncos win the game 16-13, they're 2-3 and three and they move on, or Drew Locke plays at close to 100%, if not 100%. Actually, he's probably not going to be at 100% the rest of the year. He plays at 90%, throws for 330 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, but the Broncos lose the game 34-31. It's easy. It's easy to me, and it's probably not the one you expect. You have Brett Rippon win the game for you, and you have Brett Rippon win the game because right now it's week five. This season is still barely alive, but that's why I actually think the Broncos did get a little hosed uh, with, with this schedule being changed in terms of like the actual schedule itself. You had the Dolphins game, and the Dolphins certainly was not a gimme game. Uh, as we saw yesterday. But that's an easier game than playing the Patriots with Cam on the road, in my opinion. And that's an easier game than playing the Chiefs at home, in my opinion. And the Broncos had to win two straight uh, to kind of be back in this uh, bye after week seven, when the Broncos' original bye would have been. Now you get two really tough games. So to put it in terms of the, would you rather have Drew Locke play, play great and lose, or would you rather have Brett Rippon for this season? You need the win right now. And then Drew Locke can start playing well down the stretch, even if you're losing. But right now, you need that win. You don't want to fall to one and four, where then you have to play the Chiefs and fall to one and five, even if Drew Locke plays well in a loss. Just give some hope back to Broncos country if it's about this season. You know what? I have more long-term hope if what Ryan suggested about the 34-31 loss and Drew Locke plays well. I have more hope long-term if that happens. And I'm taking that because I'm looking at that and saying, okay, against a really good defense, and presumably they would have Stephon Gilmore back. Would you expect that? Yeah, sure. Okay. So you have a defense that's back to full strength, and he goes out there without Noah Fant, mind you, because I don't think he'll be ready for next week. Goes out there and dices it up, and you get 31. If he has that kind of performance – I'm feeling really good about the chances of being able to steal some games in the second half of the season. And I feel really good about the possibilities of where Drew Locke might go. I'm, I, I know it's tough to have the loss in the moment, but big picture, I'd rather have the game where Drew Locke balls out against a great defense and shows something for the future. Boy, and so, then you're feeling great at one and five. <laughs> I mean, that's, well, no, that's no, tough. you're one, you're one and four, you're one and four. But it, you, look, you lose the next game is what I'm saying. You don't right, right. But oh, right now, th- think about this. A lot of people this. are saying that Patrick Mahomes is washed. I, I'm not one of them, but man, you know the, the evidence oh. is damning. 
<laughs> yeah, he had a he had a bad day. I mean, <laughs> Peyton, Peyton May, I know Peyton Manning had some four interception days sometimes. I mean, the, the, but looking at things for the playoffs right now, the number six seed is four and one because you have Baltimore and Cleveland are both four and one, trailing Pittsburgh at four and zero, oh, and then the number seven seed right now is. Three and two. You've got the Raiders and the Colts both tied at three and two. And then you've also got New England and Miami there in between. Point being, guys, it's you're basically trying to fight for the number seven seed at this point, and your chances of getting that aren't great. So I'm thinking of what has the biggest long term benefit. So woke up this yesterday morning to the news. Um Terrible way to wake up. What a terrible way to wake up. Uh, and I just had about 50,000 thoughts all at once. Um, the first thing was like, well, this sucks because I was just excited to watch Broncos football on Monday. Um, the second thing was like, oh, man, the players are going to be pissed. Opened my phone. Players were pissed. Um, the third, maybe fourth, I don't know, somewhere in there, I thought to myself, what is this season about? What have we been saying this season is about from – the second that the final whistle was blown at the end of last season. And the answer to that question is it's about true lock. This season is all about true lock. And now guys, I thought we were, there was a chance we were going to get robbed of half the season of true lock. And to look at it now and say, man, only three games, only three games were played without drew lock really two and, you know, two and three quarters uh, were played without drew lock. And that, to me, is a massive win for the Broncos organization. I think that the, the fact that you're going to still, hopefully, touch wood, get 13 games of evaluation on Drew Locke is um, maybe the best thing that could have happened to this Broncos team. So I will take the loss and the extra evidence that Drew Locke is ready to be the guy and going to be the guy and You'll see what happens in the second half of the season. But like May said, it's, it, would, it will be a hell of an uphill battle to get into the playoffs. Do you want to be in competition? Of course. You want to be able to say in week 12, hey, if they win out, they're still in this thing. But to me, more importantly than anything else, anything when it comes to this Broncos team is finding out about Drew Locke. Uh, and so if he, if he goes out there and throws for 300 and something yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions against a really good defense and the Broncos lose, that would be better. Now, all of this is extremely hypothetical, and it's not a one or the other type of well, thing, and, but and that's, that's what I want to find out. And that's exactly where, where I sit with this, is we're, we're just in week six right now in, in this game. And if you're telling me that Drew Locke then goes out and looks like the three-touchdown, 300-yard guy every single game for the rest of the season because he did against Patriots, well, then, come on, guys. It's yeah, easy. No, I know. Of, of course <laughs> you're doing that. But, man, it, it doesn't it, – let's say week 17 comes around. And the Broncos went, you know, three and ten under Drew Locke. People aren't, and, and he didn't look good. People aren't going to look back to that Patriots game and say he's the truth. You know, he's the truth. So, so I, I don't think that it's one or the other. And, and, and like you said, but give me the win now to to keep some hope right here, and then you get Drew back. In that three and ten scenario, then Zach, you'd rather have the loss right now, right? <laughs> oh. Draft position. Well, sure, but uh, I, the three and ten, you're still not even going to be in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, and 
the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes probably comes down to the Jaguars and Jets at this point. So you, you're, what it's about more the Giants. Oh man, they, they looked feisty yesterday. I mean, they they had some spark. The 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 Jaguars and Jets look like dead sticks right now. I mean, the the Jets looked as dead as their quarterback yesterday. Wow, no Cardinals you, minus I... seven yesterday was uh, some of the freest <laughs> money of the year. Oh my gosh! It was. I watched. I watched just enough of that game to be to to have all these bad flashbacks to last year, and then I'd have bad flashbacks to last year. Then then they then Fox would show a shot of Vance Joseph, and all of a sudden I have bad flashbacks to the previous years. Although it says a lot that it says it says a lot that of the two guys that are bad, Vance Joseph had the much better day. Thank yeah. Joe Flacco. Sadly, I the uh, the Cardinals won. What was it? Twenty four to seven, or it was like thirty to ten, I think. Thirty to ten. Yeah. I actually came away from that game feeling worse about the Cardinals. They didn't beat them enough for me to improve my uh, feelings <laughs> about that team. I thought they played pretty bad and won thirty to ten. Yeah, the Jets. The Jets are the front runners. That's for sure. So the New York teams are over, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, and ten. Yeah. I believe oh. on DraftKings Sportsbook, you could bet on which team's going to get a win first. Oh, man. Got to be the Giants, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I Actually, mean, you would yeah. expect, yes. Yeah, speaking of DraftKings, I wonder if they're going to put any odds on what date Broncos-Patriots is going to be played. I wonder if I can get some odds on them pushing the game to Monday or Tuesday of next week. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so well, that would be what? If there's a test, if there's a positive test today or tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah, there there were no positives today, so we're in the clear for today. But uh, uh, we haven't been seeing them every day. They've been every two or three days. I mean, uh, I, it's like I feel like my worry is that we're gonna st- we're gonna get to Wednesday and maybe feel good, and then Thursday, oh no, no, positive test to New England. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and the NFL just waited, you know, thirty six hours before this game, less than thirty six hours before the game to push it back. So. Man, I think it's going to even take a you know a Friday test for them to actually move it. Yeah, I, actually, I actually think they should have moved this game to Thursday to start, um, and just said like, okay, well, we're taking away your bye week, but we're going to give you another Thursday game, yeah. meaning you'll have another ten days to prepare for the Chiefs after that. Get your body rested. You guys can figure it out. Knowing that they don't they don't give two you know what about moving the game time so if they have a test today okay well now it's moved to set uh now it's moved to sunday if they have a test on wednesday okay now it's moved to monday if they have a test on thursday now it's moved to tuesday like who cares just keep moving the game <laughs> sure i mean like you said they don't care about that and but ryan it would go against your tinfoil hat theory that wouldn't give cam newton the best chance to play <laughs> which I like. I don't think the NFL is trying to screw over the Broncos, but I don't trust a damn thing Bill Belichick does. <laughs> so, would it, would it surprise me if they somehow faked a positive test to get the game moved? Like zero percent. I'm not kidding you when I say there is no part of me that would think that that is surprising. Uh, so, w- while it is a tinfoil hat theory, I think it's the most believable tinfoil hat theory you, you could ever have. How worried. Do you think Bill Belichick is about the Denver Broncos? I mean, just in his life, worried enough to send Josh McDaniels to Denver to sabotage the team. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, I think I, I think that you know this is a guy who who was it the Bengals? They spied on the Bengals last year. Yeah. Yes. He'll take every 
single competitive advantage he could possibly get. He does not care who the other team is. I think he'd rather face Brett Rippon with Jared Stidham than Drew Locke with Cam Newton. Or maybe no he simply decided, I don't want to watch Jared Stidham. I don't want to watch Brian Hoyer. I, I need my guy back. And the, the other thing to consider is uh, when you look at their schedule beyond this, and again, I don't want to go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole because I think there are some things that would be beyond the pale even for them, including manipulation in the middle of a pandemic. But after this game, they play San Francisco at Buffalo then a bye week against the Jets, and then Baltimore. So it gets really dicey for them over the next several weeks after this Bronco game. This is a must-win for them. Yeah, uh, I certainly don't put that past them. No, like, I would put it past them to, like, purposely infect someone. But I don't think that's what they did. I just think they faked the positive test. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, guys, what a reason why I think that Bill would rather go up against uh, – against Brett than Drew is because he's something like 22 and one in his career going up against first and second year quarterbacks. He does not lose to first or second year quarterbacks. And now you say, well, yes, Drew is a second year quarterback. He, he absolutely fits that. But Brett Rippon's making his second NFL start. I think what he would be able to do and feel like he'd be able to do uh, to a guy just making a second start, he would just he would go crazy for. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear um, that. Maybe we'll get another conference call if Bill Belichick and we can ask. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, just ask every modern day question in terms of the '78 Broncos, and maybe you'll get an answer. Right, right. If you were, <laughs> if this was the '78 Broncos, <laughs> and you were going up against a team that had two quarterbacks, <laughs> you could either have your starting quarterback versus their starting quarterback, or your backup versus their backup. What would you choose? <laughs> so Maybe back you get in something real out of them. Back in '78, when there was the the COVID '78, uh, did you happen to fake any positive tests? Exactly. I, I don't trust the Patriots. I don't, they've never given anyone a reason to trust them. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Uh, one thing I do trust in my life is that Breckenridge Brewery will continue to put out damn good beers. They only put out damn good beers, one after another. It's like a monthly occurrence. They just keep putting out great ones, and everyone in the world just benefits from that. So uh, when you, you know, your football team – gets their game moved 17 times and their schedule shuffled and you're like oh my god i need a beer to digest all this well grab yourself a breck brew ice cold there are plenty of people at the dnvr bar yesterday saying i need a breck brew on a day like today and i was one of them and every single sip was better than the last so check them out breckenridge brewery if you can't find them at your local liquor store pop into the Breckenridge Brewery beer locator, and they'll, you'll be able to find out where the closest ones are to you. Uh, or you can just come down to the DNVR bar and get a member-sized ice-cold Breck brew. Guys, one of the great things about all this schedule shifting and makeup is it doesn't really feel like there's weeks in the NFL anymore. There's Tuesday games. We may be getting Wednesday games pretty soon, but no matter the week, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering great deals every single day and they're back at it 
for this next coming week. They're given the same great deal that they've offered for the first five weeks of football. They're giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. And on top of that, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you bring home the money. So make sure to check them out. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through restriction supply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Now, it's funny, while we were doing those spots, I want to do a little research into the Patriots and Belichick against guys who are relatively young in their careers. So on Pro Football Reference looked up guys making one of their first eight starts against the Patriots. The Patriots have won 10 consecutive games in this scenario. Can you tell me the last quarterback to be making one of his first starts against the Patriots, first eight starts against the Patriots to lead his team to a win against them. I still want to say Tim Tebow, but it wouldn't be. <laughs> RK, you got a guess? There's a reason why I'm asking this. I know, I know. That's why I'm trying to figure out who it is. Brock Osweiler. Correct. Hey. That game back in 2015, 30 to 24 in overtime. Of course, that makes the Patriots 15-1 and one in their last 16 games in this scenario, the one being Os- the Osweiler game. And if you go all the way back to 01, I'm ruling out 2000 pre-Tom Brady. The Patriots actually went 0-3 in these games against Sean King, Dante Culpepper, and Jay Fiedler. So since, since the point where Tom Brady stepped in the lineup in this scenario, guys, the Patriots are 38-8. and eight. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what it would be, though, if you just moved it up to oh, – oh, I guess that applies to both Broncos quarterbacks, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Exactly. That's what's interesting. That's, that's why I, I went with eight starts because I figured, okay, it's half a season, and also it would be start number eight for young Drew Locke. So the answer here, start Blake Bortles. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because Jeff Driscoll would cert- – no, Jeff Driscoll – Also would be yeah, over the be, eight dre- threshold. Or would right? he yes. be eight? Would he be eight? He really only made Didn't eight Didn't he starts. start? Oh, you know what? I think he'd be nine. I think yeah. he start seven games before this year. Then he got eight in. So he'd be over the threshold. Something tells me if you move that number up to nine, it won't change the record. <laughs> it would, Probably not. It would be ten. It would be his tenth start. Ten. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I wonder what their um, theirs is for like a hundred starts because that's what Blake Bortles has. Is that all he has? What was it, like six seasons? Yeah, no, no, I just mean like it – would that be the only reason you would start it? Oh, he's got yeah. the experience. <laughs> yeah, he, he was in Jacksonville for five years and then, of course, said that year as backup with the Rams. His next start will be his 74th. Okay, yeah. Which means if he were to start two games for the Broncos, we would get to Chronicle start number 75 – for Blake Bortles that would I guess be the silver lining of watching Blake Bortles start two games uh okay 
So let's move on to the questions from the listeners. I'm sure they have some good stuff for us to go over if you guys want to grab one of the first ones there. From me, Chow says, for anyone questioning how in the world the team can have multiple personnel tests positive for COVID-19 and the league can just move kickoff 24 hours and pretend like everything is fine, see Ian Rappaport and his bogus suspension handed down by the almighty league authorities. The guy gets gagged over posting an ad for a wonderful product, but because the league didn't get their cut of the money, he's punished. Listen. I get it. I'm sure there are stipulations in his contract prohibiting such an action, but when the league is quicker to suspend a media member for advertising a product they aren't affiliated with, than they are to shut down a game because of a COVID outbreak. Shake my head. The NFL has embarrassed themselves with their lack of a plan. I know it's been covered here ad nauseum, but this to me was such a blatant example of how one truly, one thing truly matters money. Everyone and everything is a commodity and will be treated as such. I mean, wow, the Ian Rappaport stuff is crazy. This is unconfirmed, right, what caused him to be be suspended, because I've seen a bunch of different theories on it. And I honestly thought the one about Manscaped was a joke. Um, And so I was under the impression it had something to do uh, with the Titans uh, and their – um unauthorized practices to tell you the truth i saw both of those and those are Mm -hmm. the only two that i've seen i don't know if there's other rumors floating around there i thought the manscape one was the legitimate one yeah well the league is they're very hyper about protecting their business partners and making sure that the only the, the only people that you're speaking positively of are partners of the league or if you work for a team, uh, partners of the team. I mean, this is something that on a team level uh, was it w- was in evidence. I mean, that you could, you know, you had to kind of watch uh, what you put on social media because you didn't want to put anything negative about a partner. And certainly uh, uh, you didn't want to put anything positive about somebody who was competing with a partner. So it's my experience working with NFL teams. I, if it were the Manscaped thing, I completely buy that. You think that's worth a two week suspension? (laughs) I I don't think it's worth it. I'm saying that that's, that that's the sort of reaction that the powers that be on the business side would have about these things. Man, must've got quite, quite the package to promote other people's (laughs) packages. I, if that's the case, I own an apology because I literally, you know, uh, people were talking about this in the Madden chat and I was like, no, that's ridiculous. That's not what it was. Uh, and then even Allie said that and I was like, no, that's not what it is. So I, I like thought that was completely a joke. I saw like Jane Slater tweeted about it and just like the tone of her tweet made it even more seem like it was a joke. Um, so hopefully we get to the bottom of this. Someone's got to, got to uncover the story here. I mean, he must be dying not be able to tweet anything during this time. In two weeks, you would think it would be something more egregious than that. You would, you would think, but if it truly was that, then what the heck is the NFL doing? I mean, both things would be absurd. Like, a two-week suspension, they just suspended him for one-eighth of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Although, considering there's probably going to be 20 weeks, maybe not. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, I don't know how to co- how to make the contrast like the the uh, commenter did between that and like COVID nineteen outbreaks, <laughs> but um, I I do know that the NFL and all of these organizations are all about money. So 
you know, it, in the end, they're businesses above all else. Yeah, they want they want money. They don't want perfect packages. Shame. Windy City Bronco, huge kudos to you guys for the bye week coverage. It was so good that we felt like we had a game this week. Keep up the great work. Oh. Well, Zach, let me ask you this. Are you treating the next couple of days like a bye? Um, uh, I don't know. Doing the podcast, so no, not really. Well, but you're not writing, though, right? I don't think so, yeah. That's, I, see, that, that's the way it would be like a buy, is if we just said, okay, unless there's some massive news that breaks, we're, just put, we're, we're, we're putting our, our pens down for a couple of days and just talking. Yeah, that's fine. Fine with me. Yeah. You have my approval. <laughs> rest, the, rest those fingers, boys. Yeah. Long stretch ahead. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> hip, hip, you Ray says, greetings, gents. First and foremost, the tailgate shows have been amazing each and every Sunday. Love the content. RK, I agree with you that, it, that there is some BS on the fact that the Patriots somehow have fabricated a positive COVID test for Cam Newton. Unfortunately, I need to take this one step further, and I feel like the NFL has been taking too many pages out of the WWE playbook and become the WWNFLE. The Patriots started out as a baby face of the NFL. Tom Brady was the feel-good story being a sixth-round pick and leading his team to their first Super Bowl. People could rally behind him, and then as the time moved on, they created the perfect heel a team that constantly wins despite the egregious amount of hate that the superstar gets. What have we seen with the WWE and the NFL? The heels keep winning by lying, cheating, and stealing, only to every once in a while have the babyface win, a.k.a. the Eagles, Giants, and Broncos. This keeps the audience engaged and coming back for the hope that one day an underdog will usurp the heel and win one for the people. Roger Goodell is Vince McMahon orchestrating and creating the storylines that people love to hate. It's a whole lot easier to attract an audience when you can create the superstars. Go Iceman, DNBR Broncos, and Brandon Perna. Uh, aside from Vince McMahon, I have to admit, I don't know what you're talking about, hip, hip, you Ray, but I'm not into wrestling. So, Well, I mean, it's all just about creating a plot line and a story. And then, you know, you, people love to hate, so you build up the, the villain and then you let the, you know, the upstart Cinderella story win once in a while. So everyone always believes that their team has a chance. Uh, and then you go right back to the villain. Um, Wouldn't it be incredible if the NFL has just been, you know, choosing this and it's all just been an act all of these years. It's never been uncovered. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty incredible in the the purest definition of the word incredible. The thing um, is, though, the number of people required to keep that under wraps, if it were really true, uh, and asking them all to be quiet for all this time, it goes, it stretches credibility. Wait, I have true. a question. Do we think Ian Rappaport may have put any of this out on his social media? And then he got the, the <laughs> then that would be oh, a God. proper two-week suspension. Oh. <laughs> uh. It's true. That's true. Um, a little more than that. Quickly, thank you for the uh, the shout out about the tailgate. Um, I I really hope everyone's tuning in. We that that show uh, has has been really incredible. It reminds me of like the early days of when me and Zach just like hit a sweet spot in our chemistry on the podcast, and I was like, this people got to hear this. <laughs> uh, and of course, we you know we've just grown from there, uh, but like. You know, it's almost like you, when you make like a, like, I've been making some home, homemade cold brew and I'm just like, this is so good. People got to try this. Uh, that's how I feel about this show. I'm like, 
you guys got to You have to check this out. If you like DNVR and you like any of us, you got to watch this show on Sunday mornings. I promise it's better than whatever the hell else you're watching before football comes on. There, there's no doubt about it. I mean, especially on a day like yesterday where everyone was so bummed. You needed something to, uh, to pick us up. It was great. I'm glad. Glad to hear it. From Mark IT Snatch. Hey, guys. First off, thank you to Allie for the help with getting shirts and masks this weekend. I had my official first RK special at the bar and loved every ounce. If you're on RK, if Breck Brew brewed either Strawberry Sky or Hot Peak into a Nitro, what would you call the half-and-half half version of the RK special? Kind of confused about uh, what that means. So, so I don't know what how it, to answer it. <laughs> what is an RK special called that's on Nitro? We, he, he asked us this last week when you were out, and we said we got to let RK decide. Um, I guess it would be called the Nitro RK special. <laughs> wow, Mr. Creative getting creative. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like, does, do you do, like, um, those type of beers on Nitro? I've only ever had, like, like stouts and stuff on, yeah, on Nitro. Yeah, you wouldn't do, you wouldn't really do either of those on Nitro. I didn't think so. Oh, the Despite- strawberry one could be, like, a strawberries and cream with the cream top. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. Despite the ire on Broncos, Twitterverse, and Reddit, surprise bye weeks seem to be a blessing in disguise. This gives us an extra week to prepare for the hoodie in chief, more time for Drew, Phil, and Boye to hill up, and eliminates a shortened week given two days ago. While it's an extremely early bye week, is this sudden extra week a gift to a team badly in need of time to heal the starters? So who does this who does this help? We already talked. Well, really quick, do you guys think Vic Fangio yesterday said he did not think Drew Locke would play today? So we can say that he wouldn't play today. Do you guys think he plays next week now? I do. I do as well. I think he, I, I well. think he's in the lineup. Okay, so the this this extra week really helps Drew. Mm-hmm. Who else does it help? Philip Lindsay was going to play, so we can't we can't say but that. I think it helps, helps him too. We can't say – I don't think we can say it helps his availability, though. I think he would No, have but it's just good. It's just good that he has an extra week. It's sure. another I, week to ramp up. It's another week to feel good to feel good and feel confident cutting on that foot with that toe. But I, I think probably the Patriots can make that exact same reasoning as well for all of their players. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so guys' availability. Do you think this changes Noah Fant's availability? He was not going to play this week. Do you think he plays next week? May said no. I say yes. I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure that he's ready uh, by next week just because we didn't see him on the field this past week. I think I think it'll be kind of that traditional two week ramp up. But then uh, what you're looking at with Noah Fan perhaps is is instead instead of him maybe healing up, but oh you've got that bye. Maybe the first week he's back is the week that you were you would have been off and you'll end up playing and you'll end up playing a game that week against the against the Dolph, against the Dolph, the, the Chargers, pardon me. So I, I think it, it might add one game to Noah Fant and how many he plays this year. I don't think Noah plays this week. Last week when I saw him at practice on Thursday, he wasn't practicing, but he was off to the side with the injured guys. He was going 15% in terms of yeah. running. It was I was surprised that they even had him out there doing anything with how it looked. Now, maybe that the, the week in between will help a lot, but I was, I was taken back at how slow he was. So I don't think it changes him. Um, who else do we have? KJ Hamler on the opposite end. I was very impressed with KJ Hamler last week running to the side. And obviously he's got a hamstring. So running's a big thing. It looked like he was almost going full speed. So 
I think they still take it slow with KJ though. So I don't think he plays next week. My thing is like either put him on IR or play like they got to make a decision here. Like the thing is they're trying to make him heal fully. He needs a, a month at least. If not, then you're taking the same risk, whether it's this week or next week. So I don't know what they're doing, but you know, based on the way they've handled it so far, I say plays. Fair, fair. Mace, do you think uh, you think KJ's back next week? No, but again, I think it's the same thing as Noah Fant by kicking the bye week up a few weeks. You basically take a week that he would have been out, and then you replace it with a week when he's more likely to play. And so I think he ends up playing one more game than he would have otherwise because of this. And then the last one here, I think, it is AJ Boye. Uh, he wasn't going to play this week. I still think he's probably maybe two or three weeks away just from the way that Vic has been talking about him. So I don't think it changes his availability for next week. Me either. So, I mean, no. yeah, Mason, you don't think so either? You were, you were nodding your head. Um, yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I think it's even touch and go for the for – the, um for the Chiefs game in a couple in in uh, just under three weeks here. So, so I think there there you or go. A couple weeks, it, pardon me. <laughs> the answers to your question there are some of us thinks it helps, some some yeah. of us doesn't. But uh, it, the main one and the most important one is Drew Locke. And so if he's back, then in that way for the injuries, it does help the Broncos. From Drew Locker boy to the Raiders, <laughs> SMH RK. What's your Venmo? Uh, TLV out. Listen, if anyone ever about any team in history wants to make me a pizza bet about that team going 16-0, I will take it. Uh, I, I did no, Nothing else matters to me. You can bet me about any team going 16-0 for the rest of time, and I will take your pizza bet every time. And, and so in the history, you would have lost twice because yep. the, the, the Dolphins got there with the playoff games and obviously the Patriots got there in the regular season. So the odds are certainly in your favor. You know, in betting, we talk about being up units. If a unit is a pizza, I would be up uh, 53 units um, (laughs) in the Super Bowl era. Impressive. Yes, you you certainly would. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, wow. It's hard to go 16-0, but the week you made that bet is when you cashed in. I think it was one week after because it was – who did they play last – oh, the Patriots – because his whole thing was like, if they beat the Patriots, I don't see anyone else who could beat them. Right. So uh, my Venmo is the same as my Twitter handle. It's just at Ryan Konigsberg. Let me double check that, but I'm pretty sure that is the case. Um, <laughs> I believe this brings me – I think I'm still undefeated on pizza bets, but I, I things aren't looking good for my bet that the Patriots won't make the playoffs. Um, so I, I might move – yeah, it's just at Ryan Konigsberg. So I might move to five and one on pizza bets. You're still uh, up. Still but, up a lot. But things are still going well. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for paying up, Drew Locker boy. That's what, uh, you know, we, we don't have any, um, any, what do you call it when someone, uh, Welchers. Yeah. Any Welchers. And we, don't, and we don't have bitchers and whiners either. <laughs> <laughs> Although that game, though, what does it say more about? What team? Does it say more about the Chiefs having a vulnerability, or does it say more about the Raiders perhaps being on the rise? I'm the more – Yeah. Right. I yeah, agree. The Raiders are I legit. agree. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one to admit, but 
you yeah. do, you can't be not legit and go beat the uh and go beat the chiefs like that like you have to be legit to beat them um and they did it in in all phases of the game so you know all you can do is really take their hat off i'll say 2020 has been a weird year one really 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 weird thing was sitting at the dmvr bar as people were cheering on the raiders i've never yeah. seen anything like it in my life i was like and like i was with them i wanted the chiefs to lose um and it was just like what am i seeing right now like not even just like all right there you go like people were cheering when patrick mahomes threw that interception i, I was just like this is what world am I living in? And the thing is, it becomes the Chiefs are still the kingpins of the AFC West, and when and with Mahomes, he they're probably going to be the favorite for a long time to come. It gets harder to topple them when there are multiple other teams that are battling because now you're not only aspiring to beat the Chiefs, but you're potentially having to fight off the Raiders being on the rise. So it. I looked at that and I'm like, oh, shoot. I mean, this is a problem for the Broncos if the Raiders are figuring things out. And they've had a pretty demanding schedule in the last four weeks. They're 2-2 two and two in those last four games against the Saints, Patriots, Bills, and Chiefs. That sort of stretch, guys, against four of the better teams in the league tells me they're legit. Yeah, they're and, legit. And you know what the biggest difference is uh, for this team? And, and Henry Ruggs is part of it. It's their – taking shots yeah They're making plays downfield i believe they had four it was either three or four plays of 40 plus yards in the first half um and it's actually kind of shocking to me that the chiefs defensive game plan would allow that to happen if i'm the chiefs my entire defensive game plan is just keep everything in front of you uh we'll bend don't break against any team in the league because we know that we're going to be able to make more plays than them in the end but when you have you know, Tarek Carr hitting Henry Ruggs for like a 75-yard touchdown at the very end of the half. It's just like, how do you allow this to happen as a Chiefs defensive coordinator? That being said, forget all that. Uh, you know, Derek Carr's making plays down the field, and that's the biggest difference between him being a, you know, a pretender and a legit quarterback. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs got Tyree killed. They got a taste of their own medicine with Henry Ruggs. And guys, it, why – why were Broncos fans cheering for the Raiders yesterday? Because, you know, maybe everyone's moved on from this season already. But in the end, if the Raiders lose yesterday, I still think even if the Raiders lose yesterday, that the Raiders are legit in terms of like a legit playoff contender. But then they're two and three. You're only one game behind them, depending on what's going on. You're not catching the Chiefs. this no, Even after the Raiders won yesterday, they're not catching the Chiefs this season. So, Technically, if you're thinking about this season, shouldn't you just say, okay, Chiefs, take care of the Chargers and the Raiders for us, and then, you know, maybe give us a shot. But shouldn't that, wouldn't that help the Broncos more? It would yeah. in the short term. And the, the other thing also with yesterday, remember the Chiefs had two touchdowns get wiped off the board because of penalties. So, uh, it, and they got a field goal on one drive. They got n- no points on the other drive because it was that magnificent Patrick Mahomes passed to Tyreek Hill that got called back. So while the Raiders are definitely on the rise, what it, mean, what it means is that they're good enough to be able to capitalize when the Chiefs are a bit off like they were yesterday, when they're making their own mistakes. I mean, I question whether the Broncos are, are good enough to be able to capitalize in the same way that the Raiders did. 
Yeah, I mean, so, Zach, you, you pose a great question. And it's funny because the Chiefs winning yesterday was better for the Broncos' chances of making the playoffs. Um, but I just – I think that deep down, fans understand the Broncos aren't going to the playoffs this year. Uh, or at least they that's, you know, what their heart is telling them. And really what they just don't want to happen is the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. So they like seeing chinks in the armor uh, of the Chiefs. And they just, they, you know, they don't want to see the Chiefs um, start on a dynasty course uh, because that's a that's a darker place than just the Broncos missing the playoffs for, you know, uh, be a fifth year in a row. Yep. Yep. Man. Yeah. And, fifth, I uh-huh. mean, the, the Chiefs were down 16 with, what, four minutes left? And then they just started driving. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they are not going to do this. And, of course, they didn't do it. But, man, they were, they were close to doing it. And uh, is the only undefeated team left? Oh, you have Green Bay and Seattle, right? Buffalo. Buffalo as well, and right? And the Steelers. And the Steelers. It's, Steelers. They, because, okay. They've lost games, but, I mean, they're – yeah, the, the AFC, man, it's – it's pretty scary at the top right now in the AFC. It it yeah. is, and 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 speaking of uh, one of and, those. And, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and uh, Trevor Lawrence may be coming to the AFC. <laughs> yeah. soon. Oh, oh man, that'll be that'll be. Uh, look at that. Bill Belichick will have Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence in his division. He'll get a little taste and of Tua. Uh, his own medicine. Yeah, and Tua. Wow, how the times have turned. But, guys, I, I got to ask you a question about another game yesterday, Seattle and Minnesota. What did you think of the end of that game, starting <laughs> with Minnesota having the ball in easy field goal range? What did you think of how that all unfolded? Okay. All right. First of all, in a vacuum, there's nothing wrong with going for it on fourth and one there. But you've got to take the most certain path to getting one yard. Don't have a play that takes a little while to develop. Just have Kirk Cousins go over the top. Get yeah. the yard. It's not, it's not going for it that was, that's the problem. It was the play call. So, yeah, you got to put that on Gary Kubiak, our old friend. And, Look, that, and that was his call. This, was, this, this, you know, this came down to one of those win percentage debates. Yeah. And something was very sorely missed in the win percentage debate. Because when you look at the numbers, sometimes you miss what's right in front of you. It was not a, a case of your chances of winning go up 3% uh, when you uh, – or 4%, I think it was, mm-hmm. when you go and convert it. It was the chance of losing that went up 100% if you didn't convert the fourth down. Yeah. It, you, Everyone in the world – knew that if you gave Russell Wilson the ball back with, what was it, a minute and 30 seconds left? Yeah. Uh, or a minute and 50 seconds left? Everyone knew you were losing that game because they were only going to be down five. So, to me, you kick the field goal. Your chances of winning uh, are still extremely high if you can get a stop, which still felt unlikely. I, I pro- To be honest, I probably would have gone for it. But to make this a thing about the numbers – where it was like, oh, well, if you just, you know, if you just kick the field goal, you only have a 98% chance of winning. Like, no, if you gave the ball to Russell Wilson and all he had to do was score a touchdown to beat you, the game was over. To me, th- this was like, 
I thought it was 100% certainty that Mike Zimmer was going to kick the field goal. He just seems like the guy that's always going to kick the field goal in that situation. And Mace, that's why I actually put this all on Mike Zimmer. How Mm -hmm. do you, because then you can't lose in regulation. And maybe that's a scared way to play, but that just seemed like the smart thing to do. So Ryan said he probably would have gone for it. Mace, would you have gone for it as well, just done a different play call? Uh, yeah, I would have gone for it with a sneak. I mean, the the wow. sneak at the the sneak at that point at that moment, it's a ninety percent chance of converting it. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the nine out of ten chance. Game over. With Kirk Cousins, about, though, that, the, that's the just someone maybe I don't trust on a sneak. The mm, thing about going yeah. for it though is the biggest. It's your best chance to not give the ball back to Russell Wilson. And that's why I like the idea of going for it. Do what your opponent doesn't want you to do. It's what I always say. I guarantee you what the Seahawks did not want them to do is go for it. Now, of course, it ended up working out great for them. But they, you know, the chance of gaining a yard on fourth and one is pretty high. And so the Seahawks were just saying on the sideline, all right, just kick the damn field goal. We'll go down and get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. They did not want the chance of – Russell Wilson never touching the ball again so by going for it that was your only chance of making sure Russell Wilson never touched the ball again I like it in that sense um but you do you do have to you know think when you're talking about win percentage how drastically your win percentage goes down when you're up five and Russell Wilson has the ball all he has to do is score a touchdown to win yeah, doesn't even have to get the two-point conversion, which he would have had to have get. And, man, was Russ just money on that drive to multiple fourth-down conversions. Whew. Well, D- yeah, Ru- Russ was money and, and DK was money. I mean, I, I think there are two things that happen there. Number one, when you're making the MVP case for Russell Wilson, you have the moment that everybody saw. The other thing is uh, DK Metcalf, he's been play- – he, he's been – on the ascendancy since he stepped in, I'm going to admit I missed on him in the draft because guys with his, with his resume, you know, athletic, uh, not necessarily, but uh, uh, inconsistent. Those guys often tend to miss when they get to the next level. Uh, DK Metcalf looks like he's going to be one of the best receivers in the league for the next 10 years. He's the guy that Russ hasn't had. And he's the one who's really taken Russ from the elite level to, to, something even higher to MVP help having him out there. So I think that, and then the other thing of course is Mike Zimmer pulling a Vic Fangio and I hate to call it that, but that's what it is is because it happened with the Broncos first. They get that first down. They get the first and goal. Take the damn time out. They're not going against the clock. Right. Because you know what? If you, if you stop them, you know, Seattle's not going to be able to stop the clock anyway from no, they enough had time. A right. But I'm saying see, if, if, you stop, if you stop them on downs, if you prevent them from scoring, all, all you have to do is, is kneel out the clock. Seattle doesn't have – doesn't, if Seattle had three timeouts, it's defensible because then you say, okay, well, you know, if we intercept it, if we intercept it on this play, then they could call timeouts after three kneel downs and, and get it back. But that's not in, in play there. If you get the stop, you're going to be able to run out the clock. Game over. So don't worry. Don't worry about that. Take your timeouts, and then even if they score on fourth and goal, you would have had 33 seconds. You can get. You can get. 
downfield for a long field goal shot without without a timeout in 33 seconds. I mean, you basically got to go, what, 30, 30 yards after a touchback? That's easily doable in 33 seconds. With 15 seconds to go, it's out of the equation. I do not understand why coaches, why teams cannot grasp this. Yeah, it was atrocious on their part. And again, you have to, you know, it's a very simple question you ask yourself as a coach. Is Seattle going against the clock or are they going against the yards? And when they got down inside the 10, their only opponent was the yards. Right. The clock was not going to stop them from scoring a touchdown. So you now are starting to think, okay, their only opponent's the yards. My opponent is now the clock. I got to stop the clock. Yep. Yep. Man. And DK is just so freaking good. One of the best receivers of the game right now. Guys, do you know how many yards per catch he's averaging? It's oh, insane. Uh, I'm going to say 24. Oh, my God. Is it really over 20? Yep. It's over oh, 20. <laughs> wow. I'll say like 22 and a half. Yeah. Bingo. 22 wow. and a half. There you go. Wow. Good, good guess. And before yesterday, yesterday brought his average down to six. Yesterday, he averaged 16 yards per guess. Before yesterday, it was 25. He has 500 receiving yards on the season, five touchdowns in five games. He has over, a, over 90 yards in every single game. He is a freak. And I don't know what you do about him because Russ throws such a good deep ball. He gets such good body position. He's so much bigger and stronger than any person you could possibly cover him with. It's like a, it's a perfect storm. Uh, and, man, what a miss. I mean, I think, Zach, we probably had some dumb takes about DK somewhere along the line. Yeah. As well, like, we're not, you know, and it's okay because we're not the only ones who miss on him. All 32 teams were wrong about DK Metcalf at least one time. The Seahawks were just wrong about him less than everyone else. Um, or I don't even know, did they have a first-round pick that year? Oh, I think they actually, that's when they took Penny, is it not? I think so, yep. Mm-hmm. This was 2019 because he's just a second-year guy right now. Oh, so no. Was Penny, was Penny 18? I can't remember. Um, anyways. Could you imagine everyone if the Broncos. About, think, about oh, think about the Cardinals. Look, and we love this guy, and I'm not, yeah. it's not time to write him off yet. The Cardinals drafted Andy Isabella in front of DK Metcalf. You know, wow. right now that looks so bad. It's like, you know, it's like the Broncos drafting Carlos Henderson in front of Chris Godwin. Right. Yep, exactly. Mm. Could you imagine if back-to-back years the Broncos in the second round got Cortland Sutton and DK Metcalf? Oh my! Oh. Did they have a did they have a pick before the Seahawks? They must have, right? Yeah, I think they. Unless oh, the Seahawks that, moved around, that no, would have been Dalton and Drew. Yeah, the, it was the mm-hmm. DK Metcalf was the last pick of the second round. And by the way, that second round, the Seahawks they didn't have a first rounder that year, but they had three second round picks. DK was the third. The others were Marquise Blair, who has started three games over two years, and. uh and LJ Collier, who became a starter this year but was a bench guy last year, but uh, uh, has has one sack in five games this year at defensive end. Okay, so you say Dalton and Drew were picked ahead of DK. I'm not going right. to put Drew in this conversation because it's silly when you're dealing with the quarterback. Who would you rather have, DK or Dalton? Well, you also have to now, given the information we have, it's would you rather have Dalton – and DK or no sorry uh uh DK and some offensive lineman they picked this year or Jerry Judy and Dalton Reisner 
Because if you draft oh, DK last you're saying, year, you're not yeah. taking Judy this year. But what if you did? Well, yeah, but <laughs> so instead of KJ, you take an offensive lineman this year. I mean, yeah, obviously you're taking that, <laughs> but that's like hindsight is twenty 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 twenty. Um, in twenty twenty. In twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, uh, but you probably take any situation where you have DK Metcalf because he's. You could make the argument that he's been the best receiver in the NFL this year. Yep. Yep, you certainly could. The only one with better stats than him is DeAndre Hopkins, who Although the, everyone the que- knew was great. The relevant question, though, is would he be at this level without Russell Wilson? I mean, they have synergy, but this is just part of the time-tested draft argument. How much does environment, as in coaching, organization, teammates – how much does that matter in terms of player development? Because I think DK Metcalf, if he'd gone into a different situation, his outcome is completely different to what he has in Seattle. I think it's everything. Um, like, we don't actually talk about it enough. Right. To me, it's, it's maybe the only thing that matters is where a player goes. Like, there are few players who can transcend bad organizations. And, you know, like, an example right now, I think, is Baker Mayfield, who's, like, really having – to be at his very best to keep the Browns from being the Browns. And he's doing a really good job. Everyone is ready to write him off after week one. Now they've won four in a row. Um, but and Yeah, but there, it's also an example of what coaching and environment can do because he looked good as a rookie. The chaos of Freddie Kitchens last year, he looked terrible. And now you get Kevin Stefanski in there who, by the way, it's interesting to think about the fact that Stefanski is doing so many Shanahan Kubiak things. I mean, he's running that play fake boot to perfection right now in Cleveland. And watching Baker Mayfield right now, you can see why the Broncos really liked him when he came out in 2018 because I'm sure that John Elway and Kubiak, of course, with the organization at the time, they were picturing him doing the things that Broncos quarterbacks have done for a long time. Absolutely. Uh, Before we go any further, a shout-out to WGT. Head over to dnvrgolf.com. Download the WGT app there. It's a top-rated golf game in the world. You're going to have a ton of fun playing it, and you can play along with us when you go in to the Country Club section and type in DNVR3, uh, DNVR, no spaces, number three, and join the DNVR3 Country Club. There's DNVR1, there's DNVR2, there's DNVR3. They're all the same, but we can only make them so big. Uh, so you got to come join us and hang out and get in on our WGT tournaments each and every weekend. You're going you're gonna to love this game. Uh, it's extremely user-friendly. It's really fun to play. Uh, and so check it out. DNVRgolf.com is where you go to uh, download it, H, you know, and then go into the DNVR3 Country Club to join us each weekend. After you play some tournaments, make sure to join us on our rugby coverage because it was just announced that Infinity Park is now the new official training site for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams. That means Colorado is the place for rugby in the United States, and that means the DNVR is the place for all of your coverage. So make sure to check us out on Twitter at DNVR Rugby. Make sure to check us out on podcasts at DNVR Rugby. And make sure to check us out at bdnvr.com to get all of the rugby coverage you need for all of America. It's at the DNVR. Our reporter, Colton Strickler, does a great job breaking down the game and also giving you all the nitty-gritty details that you need to know about rugby in the United States. So make sure to check us out on Twitter at DNVR Rugby. Same with podcast, DNVR Rugby, and, of course, the dnvr.com. 
from G Ham Chill. I feel bad for the team not having a true bye week. Seems like something the NFLPA needs to address. Well, this is why you're hearing Brandon McManus not be very vocal about this because the NFLPA agreed to the terms of this season. There's nothing they can do about it. It's this is this stuff has already been agreed to. It was understood that when COVID outbreaks happen, they're going to have to be schedule movement, uh, and some teams might get you know the short end of the stick. Broncos just happen to be one of them. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So sidebar, DNVR definitely needs a first take slash undisputed style show called Master Debaters. Uh, I don't need royalties or even a producer credit. Just happy to continue genius ideas. The problem is we don't have anyone that's dumb enough to have some of the takes that are uh, featured on those style shows. We, we don't, our takes aren't far enough away to be screaming at each other like that. (laughs) Yes, yes, it's, it's very true. We're civil. Well, did you see what they were on one of the shows that they were uh, uh, talking about with Vic Fangio this morning on one of those debate shows on ESPN? No. I didn't catch Um, it. It was the one with uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahenti. And uh, you've got – yeah. um, Well, Zubin Mahenti used to work in this market. He's just kind of the host. But I think it's a – I'm I'm reading this, and this is a tweet from uh, the, the show account. Quote, dudes like that don't deserve head coaching jobs, unquote. Keyshawn and Real Jay Williams at their Twitter handles absolutely crushed Vic Fangio for his comments about the pandemic showing who the whiners are. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they read the thing from Peter King this morning where Vic talks about how his daughter had COVID, daughter working in, in the military, of course, how Von Miller has had COVID, Kareem Jackson has had COVID. I mean, COVID has come home to the Broncos in a big way. And he so was seeing this saying, kind of comment is farcical. He was not saying that, like, if you have COVID and you complain about it, you're a bitcher and a whiner. Right. He's saying <laughs> he there are bigger saying, things to complain about. Well, no, right he's now. also saying, like, it's going to throw t- – the, the randomness of the season is going to throw tough things about you. This illuminates – who is going to bitch about it, who is going to whine about it, and who is going to overcome it. And I think he was totally fine saying that. It definitely was a stark contrast between what we were seeing on Twitter from the players. Uh, And that's okay. You know, sometimes it's a coach's job to get everyone, uh, you know, off the ledge and say, guys, 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 enough of that. It's a bad look for us, whether you agree with that or not. Let's be tough about this. Let's say, you know – let me tell you this. Let me ask you this. What would Broncos fans feel better about? Seeing the fans complain all over Twitter, which, again, I believe they were justified in doing. Or if, the, if uh, Justin Simmons would have tweeted, we don't care when we're, we're playing. We don't care when our bye week is. We don't care about anything. All we care about is going out there and winning. Like, everyone would have been like, this is amazing. It would have, got, it would have done 50,000 retweets. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's why I would be surprised after the initial, uh, you know, frustration yesterday, I would be shocked if when we talk to players later this week, if they are still, you know, complaining and, and, and upset to the public. Totally. Um, what was the rest of that? I forget. Uh, I got to go watch that clip. I want to see what they said. What was the first part of the – what did Keyshawn Johnson say? Uh, I, just, I just was reading I, I just was reading the, the tweet and uh, it, the way they put out there, quote, the quote was, dudes like that don't deserve head coaching jobs, unquote, huh. regarding Vic Fangio. <laughs> wow. 
And personally, I absolutely love the message coming from Vic. Love it. I, I did as well. And I think, I think everybody need, needed to hear that. I mean, we've all – look, we talked about, you know, losing a buy. It matters for us as reporters as well. I mean, I spent, I spent a good chunk of yesterday morning, you know, rearranging travel and all that. But in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's a small price to pay, and it's a, it's a small inconvenience. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm just glad we have football this season. Um, yeah. Like, I had a trip planned for the bye week. Mm-hmm. That's gone. It's whatever, you know. Like, yeah. I'm just glad we have football to watch every week so far. Exactly, exactly. Pick tosser 66. Yeah, it sucks that the game with the Pats got postponed. But if it means we get to see Drew for another game this year that we wouldn't have, then we should be cool with it. Remember, the season is all about finding out if Drew is the guy or not. Seeing him go against the Pats D and Hoodie on the road without fans, I know, but still, is a great measuring stick game to see where he's at. Plus, maybe we get Boye and Fant back, too. Let's go! Oh, and was everyone else rooting for the Raiders in a game yesterday? It felt weird, but it was out loud rooting for me. Hilarious! The Pats showed the game plan, and the Raiders followed. Rush three a lot. Get Mahomes and use your resources to cover their explosive playmakers. If you bring four, five, or even six guys, he escapes anyways and then has a cannon to hit wide open guys anywhere on the field. Make him put the ball in tighter windows from the pocket. I love it. Take notes, Vic. Yeah. The less you can rush, the better, as long as you can actually get pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge thing for every single team. And the thing is, if right. you rush three and you're saying, okay, he's going to get have tight windows, you accept he's still going to make some plays with those tight windows. I they're, thought they also – Yeah, oh, there's no foolproof defense for Patrick Mahomes here. I thought they also did something, and, and again, you know, I was watching 10 different games at once, so I have to watch the film to actually confirm this. I thought they told their pass rushers, their, especially their outside guys, just rush like it's going to be a pass on every play. And honestly, if you get beat on a couple runs to the outside, this side or the other thing, it doesn't matter. Just pin your ears back and go. Don't worry about getting countered on a running play. If the, if the Patriots gain 17 yards on a run, it is the least of your problems. Just try to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes when he's throwing, and you might have a chance. Right. Yep, exactly. And, man, shouldn't have been cheering for the Raiders for this year. I, I Look, I completely understand <laughs> it. I just – People want people want to see them lose. They especially didn't want them to go sixteen and zero. That's for mm-hmm. sure. That is for sure. Next one from Drew Lockett, gentlemen. We did it. We got our first varsity win in program history on Friday, winning a Let's score go. of thirty-four to fourteen. Again, I'm just the freshman coach, so I did not do a whole lot. Although three of my fresh, freshmen played and contributed, but my name is on the ball commemorating our first win, and no one can take that away from me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations. He said, it was great to see the players and us coaches so happy and excited to make history. Everybody has been working so hard, and it is nice to see the hard work pay off. If I lived in Denver, I would come down to the bar and celebrate by, ev- by buying everyone around. Well, maybe not everybody. I'm still only a teacher and probably couldn't afford that, but I'd be celebrating nonetheless. Oh, well, I guess you guys will just have to celebrate without me. Bum the game got canceled, but really nothing can kill my vibe right now. Thanks again for everything that you do. I hope you guys are staying healthy and happy. And congratulations, Drew Laka, on that first dub. That's so awesome, man. So happy for you. All right, from Yellow Mustard. Well, 
Every time I think this season can't get worse, I am proven wrong. Still, this podcast keeps me excited for every week of Broncos football, no matter how bad it gets. Thanks for the great work, my guys. I'm excited to ride out the rest of the season with the NVR. Uh, with New England definitely getting Cam back and our Dolphins game being effectively swapped with the Chargers game, how does it impact your confidence over this three-game stretch? Would an 0-3 stretch spell disaster for the Broncos? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, one and two – I mean, one and two puts you at, what, two and five? Yeah. 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 I mean, you're essentially cooked then. Um, Especially so with back-to-back that, road games after that. Yeah. The schedule, in terms of the Broncos staying alive for the longest period of time, uh, the schedule did the Broncos no favors. But it also maybe gives them a, a better chance at uh, getting some momentum when you get into you get into November because you are looking at a stretch where you have the Chargers and that's a game that probably could go either way. They're doing some good things, but uh, you you can you figure you have a chance in that game. Then you play Atlanta and then you play the, the emerging Raiders and then you play the Dolphins. So you, let's look positively here. There's a four game stretch where I think three and one is a reasonable goal. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the Falcons are, are just way more of a dumpster fire, especially after firing their head coach and GM yesterday. There's still talent there on the road. It's not a game that is like a, a gimme to any team, let alone the Broncos, who could realistically be a one-win team. The Chargers, you should beat them at home, but what if Justin Herbert comes out and, you know, has a three-touchdown, 300-yard performance. He's shown flashes where he's really good. The Raiders on the – If these negative things happen, Zach, and they're piled upon losses to the Patriots and Chiefs, we're having bigger conversations than this season for the Broncos. We're, we're yeah, talking I, about I, the I, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm just also trying to look at it realistically. The Raiders in Las Vegas – we just saw them go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. Right. That's not easy. And then I also just saw yesterday the Dolphins uh, just destroy San Francisco in San Francisco, got their quarterback bench, and Ryan Fitzpatrick looked like the truth. So those I'm games are all winnable for the Broncos. Yeah. But I think they're they're not as easy as saying, ah, oh, you get the Falcons, just by saying their name, you know? I and didn't they, say they that. Say, I said that's the goal. I said three and well, one is the goal. Of course that's the goal. Yeah, Four, that's that, the goal. Right. Well, realistically, you're not going four. No, I, I, I'm look. I'm the old John Fox thing. You're trying to go three and one every quarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, um, Dolphins beating the 49ers as predicted by me on the tailgate show yesterday. Um, I did not realize it was going to be that much because I took the under in the game. My upset pick was so good it killed my lock, which was the under in that game. Uh, but. If you took my lock and you took my prop and you took my upset, you ended up like up four units yesterday. So you're, you're still happy with me. Um, anyways, uh, I don't see a single, like the NFL is strong this year, aside from the very, very bottom feeders. Uh, I don't see a single game left on the schedule. That is a, uh, you know, a Sharpie win, which is scary. But in the same sentence, you have to say, look at what, what's happening across the league. Every week there's big upsets happening. Mm-hmm. So the Broncos could beat the Patriots. They could win that game, and now they're 2-3, and three, and the entire conversation around them is differently. They can beat the Chiefs. Is it very unlikely? Of course it is. But every week you're seeing teams that you don't expect to beat this team beating that team. Uh, and so it, it really comes down to having a great game plan and the players executing it. And when you look around – 
and see what, when these, these upsets are being pulled off, you're saying, wow, they had a great game plan against that, that team, and their players made really big plays. Uh, so that being said, the Broncos are going to have t- – they're going to be uh, underdogs maybe a- across the board unless they do start rattling off a bunch of wins, of which is going to have to change, uh, you know, Vegas's perception of them. Huge game tonight for the perception of Justin Herbert. If he goes out there and goes toe-to-toe with Drew Brees and balls out, we're going to be having a, a, uh, a tough conversation tomorrow on the podcast. <laughs> kind of similar with the conversation we're having about the Raiders right now. Yeah. That, they've take, that, this is a, that this is a franchise that is about to take the next step here. And you're like, okay, where do the Broncos stand in all this? But, you know, some of these games we're looking at, I think they have a better – would you say they have a better than 50% chance of beating the Falcons? On no, the right now. No. No. Not, not even the on the, not even with all the chaos going. I mean, they, they didn't just fire their coach, they fired their GM. I mean, they are mashing the reset button. They they look like they're in tank for Trevor mode right now. If that game was in the next 2 weeks, I would say yes, but I think things will have cooled down since it's not until week 9. Okay. So I, I would still say it's at least a 50% chance of, of winning that game. I, That's fair. I wouldn't argue. I'll call it a toss-up. I'll call it a yeah. toss-up. Yeah. yeah. And even like some of these games, like uh, the Chargers at home, let's, if, if Justin Herbert does prove to be the truth, then, then absolutely they're going to be a, a significant favorite. If he is somewhere in between, if he's kind of a typical rookie, having some good days and some bad days, I'd say that too is another game that's a coin flip. You are going to have Drew Locke back by then. You are you you may well have AJ Boye back by then. You should have Noah Fant and KJ Hamler. You start the pieces start of what this team was supposed to be start falling back into place. And let's and you have say these games like at Carolina. Um, against the Raiders that you're probably looking at, say, being 35 to 40% chances, but you are going to win some of those. So, I mean, I, I'm not – I mean, do I think this is a playoff team? No, but I think it's – I don't think this team ends up going, like, 3-13. and 13. Yeah. I, I, I think they win about I – th- I think they end up winning six games. And I know people don't want to hear that because that puts you kind of in that vortex where you don't want to be mediocre. I think that's where it ends up. I got to see this team, what they look like with Drew Locke um, more. What we saw was a game where Drew – the headline of the podcast after week one was Broncos lose despite a strong game from Drew Locke. It's easy to forget that. It's easy to just see that game as a loss right now looking back uh, and say, well, you know, Drew didn't play very well. Drew played pretty darn well in that game. I got to see what this team looks like with him at quarterback more than just for – four and a half quarters uh, to know what they're going to be moving forward. And I'm excited that the next time the Broncos step on the field, we're likely going to be able to see that. Yep. Yep. I I agree. From 54 foot tall, Andrew freaking Mason, (laughs) get ready for a decade of Lawrence to Ridley. Yuck. Also, what's the best little Debbie snack? I once ate a whole box of oatmeal pies in an afternoon. At least Lawrence to Ridley would be in the NFC. Yeah, of course. So wouldn't be an obstacle to getting the Super Bowl. You'd only have to see it if you're a Bronco fan once every four years. Trevor Lawrence going to the New York Jets is much more of a problem for the Broncos than Trevor Lawrence going to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I think in that case, uh, what are the Jets giving up to trade for Calvin Ridley? I think that's how it would unfold. (laughs) (laughs) The Jets are so bad. Like, I can't get over how bad they are. I mean, obviously they had Joe Flacco out there yesterday, which – 
I think Joe Flacco – I forgot to look this up so I could tweet it. I think Joe Flacco had more rushing yards yesterday for the Jets than he had in his entire Broncos career. <laughs> oh, wow. Wouldn't be surprised by that. He was running <laughs> around. He had four carries for 20 yards. Who's the Jets' best player right now? Quinnen Williams? Quinnen Williams or Jamison Crowder, right? And Crowder's like a, a Crowder's a slot receiver. He's a wide receiver three on a good Yes. <laughs> God, that's bad. They are so bad. They've got a high priced running back though, so that's fun. And he yeah. sucks. <laughs> They've got an old running back. And he is doing great for his age. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think for, I think Frank Gore is going to be the Tom, is the Tom Brady of running backs. Yeah, he's he's, he's timeless. Yeah, he's Frank Gore. Frank Gore is going to have a productive season after his 40th birthday. That is so <laughs> disrespectful to say to Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady doesn't even know what down it is. Yeah, that was something else. How does that happen? <laughs> he's getting know, old. <laughs> yeah. After a, a while, the memory starts to fail you. I guess I don't know. <laughs> well, he had a senior moment, if I've ever seen one. Oh. He should run for president. <laughs> they 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 can't yeah they can't they can't they can't talk their way out of that one i mean that's the, the visual evidence is too damning and on a, on the night where you're caught on camera a quarter earlier mfing your offensive line into oblivion yeah i i thought there was a little bit of karma getting tom brady back on that one i mean i'm as a bucks fan bummed that they lost the game but I'm more. I'm not angry about uh, about Tom Brady getting his comeuppance. I'm angry about about Shaq Barrett getting held six ways to Sunday and the the flag staying in the pocket. Yeah. Should uh, should should Jensen calls. should yeah. Jensen have uh, mf'd Brady after yes. that? Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, he should have. Uh, to finish, what's the best little Debbie snack? Oh, oh boy, the oatmeal cream pies. I mean, that's that that's the, that's the winner for me. And uh, I haven't eaten a whole box in an afternoon, but uh, I've I've had too many. Apparently, that is the favorite snack of Nick Saban. By the way, oh, the little Debbie Southern. oatmeal oh, cream pies. Yeah, yeah, it's about to. Be He's from the Midwest. I mean, he yeah, he coaches at Alabama and he coaches at LSU, but the dude is from like Michigan, Michigan Ohio. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How crazy is it? That the Browns had. Belichick as their head coach and Saban as their defensive coordinator messed that up and then went into a tailspin for however many years. <laughs> just oh my insane. God. It's not just that. I mean, at one point they, they had Nick's, they had Belichick, Nick Saban and Ozzie Newsom all in their building. <laughs> wow. I mean, <laughs> they're the good luck Chuck of the NFL. <laughs> And All then right. other, other guys who had some success, like Dimit Thomas Dimitrov, who just got fired by Atlanta. He was there at the time. Scott Pioli was there at the time. Jim Schwartz was there for a while. I mean, they've had the, – the, it's, it, it's an all-star crew that they had in the early to mid-1990s with Bill Belichick. I mean, give Belichick credit for plucking a lot of these, these guys, uh, some out of obscurity and some – like Ozzie Newsome, he inherited him as he was retiring and basically, hey, said, Ozzie, you want to – you want to learn about football, and then five years later, he's the, the GM of the franchise after they moved to Baltimore. But, I mean, yeah, goodness gracious. What's the name of the little roll-ups that have the cream filling? The Ho-Hos? Is that what those are? Oh, no, those are like the chocolate cupcakes, I think. 
I know yeah, what you're talking oh, yeah. about. I like Swiss, rolls. Swiss rolls. Swiss rolls. Swiss rolls. I'm literally looking at like the so little soft. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I would eat them by like just peeling the layers back, so it would it would just last forever. I would love it. The yeah, other that's two weeks of meals for that. <laughs> the other one I like are the uh, the Nutty Buddy uh, wafer bars. Oh, so good. With peanut butter and chocolate. Oh my. Golly, Little those Debbie are amazing. is like almost undefeated. Like everything <laughs> they put out is fire. It's the true. Wafer, oh my God, those wafers that you just talked about. I used to uh, rush those. You ever have the pecan spin wheels? No. Oh no. my gosh, those are amazing. Do they make the snowballs? Because I hate those. Oh, the uh, coconut flaked ones? Yes, this is so <laughs> terrible. The texture of them would really seem like it was Little Debbie. I rem- yeah, exactly. I remember as a kid, I saw them in the store, and they were they were there was a blue one and an orange one, and I was like, "Oh, this like Broncos candy!" And so I got it, and, I, and then I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> I really don't like coconut shavings. I don't understand what purpose they serve, just to get stuck in your teeth. Okay, <laughs> I don't see any of those on here. I've, I'm trying to go through uh, through they're all of them. Snowballs, so we can see what they're. So if it's not Little Debbie, then that would make sense because uh, they're not. Yeah, good. it's Hostess. Okay. So they're they're absolved of that wrongdoing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, home of home of the Twinkie is is Hostess. Oh my God! How did we not even talk about Twinkies? Yeah. They're back, right? Didn't they uh, go out? Or wasn't there a big shortage or something? Uh, they didn't. They like <laughs> close a factory that was making yeah, them or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I was gonna say it's extremely America that there would be a shortage. Of <laughs> oh, it, okay. What happened was Hostess went bankrupt, and then the company was purchased out of bankruptcy, and the Twinkie came back. Mm, the revival of the Twinkie. Well, you, you couldn't let it die. I mean, Twinkies themselves don't die. The, the joke about how there could be a nuclear holocaust and Twinkies gonna be the only food that survives it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be quite a diet to have after. Oh, man. If you survive a nuclear holocaust, you've earned all the Twinkies you can eat. Have you guys had a deep-fried Twinkie? No. Mm, no. I, I was at a place that served it in Brooklyn once, but they also had a deep-fried Reese's peanut butter cup on the menu, and that's what I went for, and I have no regrets about choosing that. It was one, it was one of the most incredible desserts I've ever had. So I have also not had a deep-fried Twinkie, and I also have another one that I did try. I recently, I guess in the last year, had a deep fried Oreo, and I shouldn't say a deep fried Oreo. I had like seven deep fried Oreos <laughs> because it was absolutely incredible. They were dipped in like pancake batter and then deep fried. Absolutely life changing. Oh man, that sounds so good. So have you? Have either of you guys had deep fried butter? No, no, I've had deep fried Kool Aid. What? What? <laughs> How what are we that, talking about here? How is that possible? Okay. How is deep fried butter possible? <laughs> okay, deep fried Kool-Aid. I had it at the Florida State Fair a few years ago. And basically what you've got, they're kind of like donut holes. You've got a, you've got a Kool-Aid flavored batter. And okay. then mm-hmm. you, you make it, you know, by a little drop, like a little donut hole, like a, like a little thing. And then you deep fry it. Not for me. And it's and then you and then boom, there's your deep fried Kool Aid. Does yeah, it taste like Kool Aid or dough? It ta- it, it definitely tasted like Kool Aid. I mean, it was dough, but yes, 
clearly it was Kool-Aid. I think I had the, uh, the, the, I think I had the, 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 the blueberry one. Although I think that the default flavor for a lot of state fair type things is cherry. Yeah, I would think so. I, so this is, I don't know how to explain this other than I usually don't like colors in my dessert. So like mm. bubblegum ice cream would be an example of this. Like it's like blue and red. And I don't want that. I want like, like the color of chocolate, the color of vanilla, the color of caramel. Like, so you, you don't know. like your mint chocolate chip ice cream being green? No. Oh, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. What, what about like, what about like, like a like, cherry pie? It's the, the filling is red. Uh, I don't like cherry pie. No, not really. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say I don't like it. What I'm trying to say here is like, I'll always go like Hershey's cookies and cream bar over Skittles. You know what I mean? Like I, I want the, the chocolatey style stuff or the, the, you know, the more savory style sweets rather than just like the straight sugar. That's just like red and blue and green and those colors. So like, like deep fried Oreo sounds much better to me than deep fried Kool-Aid. Okay. Let me ask you this then. M&Ms, they're chocolate, right? Yes. But That's they're different. red and yellow. Oh, it's not the, okay. It's not the, it's not, okay. Um, now we Macy, you get broke it. it. <laughs> what I, I tried to say that, that there's no real easy way to explain this. It doesn't have to do with the actual colors oh. as much as it has to do with just the fact that like the things that are colored are usually just sweet for the reason of being sweet. You want a you want a cream base kind of with it. Yes, yeah, some okay. sort of. I want the flavor to have depth other than just sugar. <laughs> That's. Okay, that's fair. And, and chocolate does have depth. I mean, I like dark chocolate because that's – and sometimes dark chocolate has a little bit of bitterness to it. But I like that. That That is something that has a deep flavor. Are you a fan of dark chocolate, RK? Oh, I like it. It wouldn't be my – like, if I have an option, dark versus milk, I'm always going milk. Mm. Okay. So I, I, I don't know how to explain <laughs> it other than just, like, you'll never <laughs> see me ordering – skittles in my ice cream or bubblegum ice like i just i want the chocolatey i like the mint edition so that's a little bit of an exception there but uh i don't like the sugar for sugar's sake so sprinkles on ice cream absolute no no sprinkles don't even i don't understand sprinkles oh, they sprinkles taste like wax good. to me oh sprinkles oh. are good oh mm. my daughter will talk to you about sprinkles <laughs> she always insists on the sprinkles. If I want some crunch on my ice cream, give me a crushed up Oreo. Okay, I, I can agree with that. Although I'm not a big fan of Oreos on their on their own, but in ice cream, mm, oh, so good. I, I have I have Halloween Oreos right now. I have regular <laughs> Oreos. We have uh, the lemon Oreos are a staple around here. Ugh. I did not know that was a thing. <laughs> Oh, I love Oreos. Oh, those are the ones that are white on the outside. Which ones? The, the, the lemon? lemon ones. Yeah. Oh, the, the the cookie itself is kind of like a it's it's like a vanilla kind of cook like cookie. Yeah. It'd be kind of that uh, khaki sort of color, and then yep. lemon on the inside. The other the other key thing on an Oreo, you don't want to go any higher than double stuff, because I had remember I think it was uh, last year, the year before they had that like the most stuff. With the, yeah, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I mean, you could feel the diabetes setting in when you took I, a bite into it. I don't even like double stuff. If you if there, if half stuffed was an option, I might prefer that. 
So you go with the Oreo thins? That, no, because that would be the opposite. No, to, not enough. Thinner. Not enough. And we have some thins here, but not enough. <laughs> it turns out Benny has every variation of Oreo at his house. I don't know how this happens. We always seems like that's the one snack we always have here. It's right, like well, uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, you know the M and M and Hershey's. Uh, facilities where they have everything you can get you just go to mesa's house and you get every variation of oreo oh and speaking of the pantry we have s'mores pop tarts in there right now oh the best so uh, one. Post my daughter snack. my daughter said oh. Not a fan. <laughs> oh wow no one here is a fan of it wow, wow. well i'd take them but i i don't want to because <laughs> i will crush them and that's not good for me oh, all right my. boys uh, this that was, was fun. a enlightening uh, finish to the podcast uh and you guys we'd love if you went over to dnvrgolf.com and downloaded the wgt app it is the most realistic free golf game played by over 20 million players around the world and damn near almost 20 million dnvr family members so if you want to play with, with other members of the DNVR family, go to dnvrgolf.com, download the app, go into country clubs, and join the DNVR3 country club. You can play at amazing courses like Pebble Beach, Beth Page, Black, St. Andrews, Bandon Dunes, and you can compete head-to-head with players of the DNVR community in our weekly tournaments. So check it out. Go to dnvrgolf.com. Before today, on another bad situation that we turned into a good podcast, that's going to wrap it up for us. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you later.